I'm President Dennis A. Erdl. Thank you for joining us for the eighth episode of the Fireside Cast. Today I'm joined in the studio by Cabinet Member Andy Armstrong. Thanks for joining the program, Andy. Thank you for having me, Dennis. I'd like to start this week's episode by talking a bit about major events that occurred last week. Last week, bombs were mailed to prominent Democrats and critics of President Donald Trump. These included Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, James R. Clapper Jr., a former director of national intelligence and a commentator for CNN, former Vice President Joe Biden, the CNN headquarters, actor Robert De Niro, former Secretary Hillary Clinton, and former President Barack Obama. Andy, what's your take on this very disturbing matter? Well, we're very lucky that none of the bombs themselves went off for they were poorly made, says the FBI, and probably would have never made it to many of the houses. However, if they did go off, many people would have died. Mm -hmm. Also, the person who sent out the bombs has said that there are still more bombs out there that have yet to be found, so I know the FBI is working their hardest to find them because it could be potentially very dangerous. And um, the apparent perpetrator of these attacks, or, or attempted of attacks, was a man named Caesar Sayuk of Ventura, Florida, and he was 56 years old, and he was taken into <coughs> custody by FBI agents last Friday in Florida. And I wonder um, what could have been uh, possible motives for these um, attempted attacks? Um, yes, uh, when I had first heard about this, um, people were wondering if it was possibly ISIS or another terrorist group, but since the bombs were so poorly made and none of them went off, there, that was almost immediately um, discounted by the FBI mm -hmm. and probably said it was fr so, from someone in the U.S. And when they did find him and found he was from Florida and he had posted several um, far right-leaning and anti-liberal um, things on his social media and on his car and in his workplace, mm -hmm. um, that it was, a, it was apparent that it was just some, um, some stunt to try to either kill or just make press. I, I know that also on his van there were multiple stickers and decals expressing support for the president and other far-right viewpoints. And also there was a bumper sticker that read, CNN sucks. And uh, uh, there was also a sticker on a back window that read, dishonest media. Do you think that the president's rhetoric might have influenced this man to attempt to carry out these attacks? Um. I personally say that they, it probably wasn't the main cause, um, though the president does um, sometimes get a little bit out there in what he says. I see how this man could have um, possibly interpreted some of his comments as to um, uh, harm Democrats and make their horrible people. Um, but I think it was more of himself and his morals and what he thinks. From, from southern Florida, you don't, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I see. So, so you don't think that um, 
the, the president's uh, rhetoric towards uh, the media, like CNN calling them uh, liars and accusing them of um, attacking the attacking pres the, the president often. Do, do you so you're saying that didn't really have an effect on Mr. Sayek's motives? Well, um, obviously the bumper sticker says <laughs> CNN sucks. That it obviously influenced in what he sort of thought, but I don't think it was one of the ma main like driving motives. It was just probably he's grown up this way and he sees someone in power who he thinks um, he thinks thinks like him. Mm -hmm. um, he sees that and thinks, oh, well, I can do this and it'll be good or better our country, which obviously it won't. I see. And, um, of course, like you said earlier, we were very lucky that um, none of these bombs went off. Um, the, and the FBI um, bomb squads were able to handle um, this matter with uh, a very high level of expertise. And uh, they handled the matter very professionally, I think. Now, to um, move on to our second topic um, for this week's episode. Um, there was a shooting at a Pittsburgh synagogue last weekend um, where 11 people were killed and six people were injured. And it, it, I believe it is the deadliest attack on American Jews. Um, what is your take on this very saddening matter? Well, it, it was horrible that it happened and this person had been um, for the mostly for the most part he had been sort of unassuming to his neighbors I mean he wasn't necessarily friendly to them but he was not unfriendly if they waved to him he would wave high back mm -hmm. and there was nothing um, that could have pointed it out to do this the only thing that would have was um, on this social media site called gab mm -hmm. where it is essentially Twitter but it doesn't have any um, policy on what you can say so you can put put out the most hateful racist mm -hmm. stuff and it won't be taken down and on there for a while he had been um saying very anti-semitic stuff on there and it, it was just a shame that nobody had caught that and um done something about it before this could get out of hand i i wonder if this um brings up the question about when major social media sites like Facebook and Twitter ban users um, for inciting hate speech. Do these people just move on to different platforms? And if so, is it better to just let them stay on the major platforms? Because then we can at least see who these evil people are. Because otherwise, you know, they're behind the curtain. <coughs> And you don't really see who these people are. They're not in the limelight. What do you think about this? Um, I I do think that it should be better if they were either banned from a site for saying stuff like that. Maybe just, um, I don't know how this would be accomplished, but make it so that they can't use social media for a while or or like follow them on what, track them on what they are saying. Mm -hmm. Because if... I don't think it would be good for them to be on um, a major platform and saying what they're saying because 
they attract more attention that way and that's the main reason what they they want to accomplish to attract attention to themselves but on these minor platforms like gab uh, their speech is unrestricted there's no one deciding what they get to say so i do see the issue there um to transition a little bit um the the shooter robert bowers had three handguns and an ar-15 now after every shooting this debate always pops this debate always pops up and that's the gun control yeah debate should a man be able to have an automatic weapon like an ar-15 i believe that um, some of these guns were purchased illegally. I'm not sure which ones were. I, I cannot say for that, but if they were obtained illegally, then um, it's it. we just need to have ways to find these illegal gun sellers, which uh, cr crop up in most um, mass shootings like mm -hmm. Las Vegas and some of the school shootings. Most of them were committed by illegal guns being purchased. But I do believe that the Las Vegas shooter had purchased his arms legally. Um, I, I, he had a bunch of guns and I'm pretty sure he did have um, some guns that were purchased illegally though mixed in with guns that were. So I, I'm not sure on that, but. I see. Um, in, in regards to um, gun control, um, I, I am an avid believer in our Constitution and in the Second Amendment, the U.S. Constitution does say, um, and you know what, the Constitution's right here, I'll quote directly from <coughs> the Constitution, and it says right here that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, what I'd like to point out here is that the Second Amendment is mainly about the militia, yes. not about maintaining arms, although there is, the second sentence does say that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. I think a lot of people forget that the Second Amendment is actually about maintaining a well-regulated militia. But in regards to that, I do believe that a number of restrictions need to be placed on guns. No one other than a law-abiding citizen in this nation should have guns. Someone like an Al-Qaeda terrorist on a no-fly list should not be able to get a gun. Someone like Robert Bowers, mentally ill, should not be able to get a gun. That's why I believe that we should incorporate a certain amount, a certain level of background checks so that we can make sure that guns stay in the hands of law-abiding citizens and not other bad people. Because one bad person with a gun can end it all. Yes. And, and there is, of course, the gun show loophole as well where um, people can purchase guns at gun shows without uh, background checks at all. Well, I, I'd like to transition a little bit um, to uh, 
another, uh, another matter that uh, came up early this week, and that is the division in Pittsburgh between some of the pro-Trump <coughs> Jews and the anti and the anti-Trump um, Democratic Jews. I, I know when the president was visiting the Tree of Life synagogue earlier this week, um, that was met by disapproval by some of the Democratic Jews um, because of his stance towards um, well he has been accused of inciting hate speech in the past. Mm -hmm. um, however, some of the pro-Trump Jews have pointed to President Trump being a strong supporter of America's ties with Israel, especially considering that he <coughs> went to Israel a number of times and met with the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and even moved the American Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which has been met with cri criticism from a, a number of countries across the world. Wh what is your take on this matter? Um, the person who actually, Ro Robert Bowers, um, said on, his, on Gab also that he was, um, he really did not like Trump mm -hmm. because of what he has done with Israel and Jews in the past in America. He does not like, um, Trump's social standing with them. So he said um, on one of his posts that he would um, take the matters into his own hands. And then that's when he committed the shooting. Um, I, I do think that it was good for Trump to go there and say what he did about it because it was horrible. And if he ignored it or didn't do much about it, he probably would have gotten a lot more um, hate for doing that. Well, I, a, a number of the Democratic, um, well, both the Democrat and the Republican running for governor in Pennsylvania um, did stop campaigning um, mm -hmm. after the, the um, deadly attack um, <coughs> at the synagogue. However, President Trump did still hold a rally in Iowa before traveling down to Pittsburgh, and this has been met with um, some criticism. We are now less than a week away from the midterm elections, which will be taking place next Tuesday. Um, do you think that um, the Jewish voting bloc could possibly have, and not just the Jewish voting bloc, but also um, a lot of the anti-gun voting bloc, do you think they could be bolstered by this attack? I, I know after, um, for example, Parkland, a lot of the, <coughs> the students who were there mobilized and got very politically active going to Washington and giving speeches there and so forth. And being so close to the midterm elections, do you think this could drive up voter turnout? Um, I, I would definitely say that it probably bolsters, um, both the people who were, um, who are against gun control and people who are for gun control because both sides have been at play in this s sad thing that happened. And it is very sad how tragedies like this often get politicized in our country. And I, I think we need <coughs> to take a step back 
and remember the victims of this hideous attack on America. And now, in regards to the midterm elections, I would like to make the official prediction of the class president of the class of 2021. For the state of Ohio's governorship, I, I'm going to call it for Mike DeWine, the Republican. However, he will win by a very, very slim margin. And I think it, it, Richard Cordray still has a chance, but I think Mike DeWine will edge him out by a very slim margin. In regards to our local election, I am going to call it for Steve Stivers, the Republican. However, I will also be predicting that the Democrats will be taking the House of Representatives this year with 232 Democratic seats and 203 Republican seats. 218 is required for a majority. In regards to the Senate election, I'm going to predict that our current Senator, Sherrod Brown, Democrat, keeps his seat. However, I will also be predicting that the Senate breakdown will stay the same with 51 Republicans and 49 Democrats. That is, the presidential prediction. Well, thank you for joining this week's program, Andy. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Major funding for the Fireside Cast has been provided by Serpent Cinematography, TV Productions, the, Co the Combat Robot Kev Foundation, empowering robotics engineering since 2016, and from contributions from listeners like you. Thank you.